WNRI's Upfront. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Upfront program for this uh, Wednesday. So this is City Council meeting week, and we follow um, a uh, format on uh, on those weeks. Um, City Council meetings on Monday night, and uh, then uh, we have a council member the day after. Yesterday, it was uh, Scott McGee. And then uh, the day after that, we invite uh, the administration uh, in to um, talk about things. The mayor will be here. And uh, Stephen D'Agostino is in front of her. Good morning, uh, Mr. D'Agostino. Good morning, Mr. Bouchard. How are you? I'm good. Pleasure having you here. And then on Thursday, our regular uh, format, Christopher Boulay will be around. And uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be asking him some questions on the Rhode Island Foundation. You know, it, uh, it has moved into the news since David Cicilline uh, has um, found a job there at 650000 a year, moving from one seventy-five. Uh, Mr. D'Agostino, uh, can you uh, find a job where you could move from $175,000 a year to six hundred and fifty, Or you don't even make $175,000, do you, right? No, I don't. No. Minimum wage. Minimum. <laughs> so it seems that way, huh? Hey, welcome to our program. Um, so we're going to talk about a number of uh, things uh, on the program. I just going to do an advertisement for the honey shop, and then we'll, uh, we'll chat with you, Steve. All right? So stand by. Thank you. Would you like some coffee? Oh, we oh, don't no, have I any. I brought my own. Oh, good. Uh, good. Thank you. All right. Honey Shop. Kathy and Paul's business at 1300 Park Avenue in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. Gourmet foods, health foods, uh, natural remedies. Uh, we have a gift shop. And uh, we manufacture a lot of the things that we sell, especially our natural honey foods. But I'd like to share with you our uh, schedule in April at the Honey Shop at uh we have some great classes coming up. April 1st and April 2nd, Mediterranean Cooking Shop uh, Workshop, uh, both at 11 o'clock, Saturday and Sunday, 1st and 2nd of April. Mediterranean Cooking. And then on April 8th, uh, two, uh, two programs the same day, April 8th at 11 and 3 p.m., How to Make Sweet Italian Easter Bread. And then uh, join us for our pasta-making class on um, Saturday, April 15th at 11 o'clock, and learn how to make Maratta Italian cheese. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Maratta Italian cheese on Sunday, April 16th at 11 a.m. And then Asian cooking. We have some uh, workshops there, too. April 22nd and 23rd at 11 a.m., Saturday and Sunday. Learn Asian cooking uh, and how to do it at home. And, uh, you know, how to use the uh, right... Uh, the right uh, frying pans, the right woks, uh, the right uh, ingredients, uh, the sesame oil, all that stuff that um, is associated with Asian cooking. You can learn it at the Honey Shop, 1300 Park Avenue, and the shop itself is very nice. I hope you'll stop in real soon. Okay. Uh, first order of business, Mr. D'Agostino. Let's talk about Cinegro for a second. Okay. If you don't mind. Uh, I uh, heard you say, uh, I don't want to mince words, um, uh, I'm not impressed with uh, their uh, uh, their situation uh, in terms that they're saying that they're they're having financial problems, but on the other hand, they 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 have a want list of of things. Um, uh, for the listeners who didn't have a chance to uh, hear the council meetings, and maybe that's something else we can talk about with the mayor. I mean, what has happened to these council meetings in terms of uh, being able to get them on YouTube? But that may be a city council issue, not a mayoral issue. Back to Cinegrel, what did you say to the council and what are you saying to the people of Woonsocket about them and where they are right now? Well, quite frankly, um, I'm not pleased with the way things are uh, taking place there. Um, the operation is, uh, is, in my opinion, and in the opinion of people that know far more than I do, um, the operation is, is, is not being run properly. Um, the equipment is substandard. Um, they recently emailed myself and I sent it along to the council a wish list, if you will. And that wish list totals to about $15 million of, of upgrades to the facility 
that they are looking to the city to, um, you know, facilitate, help out with. And um, I don't agree with that. I, I believe that the operations and the maintenance of this plant has been theirs. It's been theirs for years. And um, it's, it's theirs to, uh, you know, upgrade. So, but I did pass it along, and we will have a workshop on it. But, uh, you know, we're, we're engaged now in rebuilding this gravity thickener, which, um, in my opinion, was, you know, left out in no man's land. Jacobs is not responsible for it. They operate our wastewater. Cinegro is not. You know, and, and this contract is, you know, has just been a disaster, okay, and, and putting it plain. And, um, and this is something we were inherited with, this contract, this administration. So we have to deal with it, but, and, we, and we'll deal with this component as well. This has been, you know, it's long overdue. It needs to be rebuilt. Um, it's, it's old technology. It needs to be upgraded. It's come to the end of its life, and it's been maintained through the years, you know, bits and pieces. But uh, now it, it just needs to be overhauled. It's a, it's a key component. But having said that, I believe the city, and I think, the, you know, the mayor agrees with me, we're at a crossroads. Um, you know, do we help Sinegro rebuild or do we start life without that type of an operation there? And um, my, my problem with that is this. We only utilize probably at most 15% of Sinegro, okay, with our entire operation. Um, from our facility, North Smithfield, Blackstone, Bellingham, all the people that contribute to our facility. The rest is belongs to the state of Rhode Island, Massachusetts, Connecticut. 85%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, guess what? Why are we going to rebuild that facility so other people can enjoy the luxury of transporting their waste here? Okay? Because it's, it's, it, I know it's our permit. I get it. It's our building. But it's also, it's, it's, the, it's the city of Woonsocket. The people have to endure this and, and all that comes with it. So, in my opinion, it's, it's, it's worth exploring um, life without that facility. So, um, with these um, um, faulty uh, pieces of equipment and lack of maintenance and outdated stuff, can you at least approach uh, EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, or DEM and say, they're in violation of our operating standards, and uh, we have to shut them down. Would you be able to shut them down, maybe uh, based on their own lack of, of uh, paying attention to their facility? Well, there's been some resistance, and we have done that many times, okay? Okay. And I had a meeting with the attorneys yesterday and the uh, engineers, and, um, you know, we, we've... We developed a plan, and we're implementing that plan. But, um, and that's all I'll say on that. Um, but, listen, if push comes to shove, and the the material that goes to Sinegro cannot be um, treated properly before it enters our system, and it starts to cause major problems in our system, then guess what? We're going to do what we need to do. And that's that's... That's, that's where I'm going to leave that. So if that means um, sludge gets halted, then so be it. I mean, that's, uh, we're going to fend for ourselves. That's Steve D'Agostino. Um, next is uh, Lisa Baldelli-Hunt. She's in studio already with us. She's the mayor. We're going to get back to Steve on um, gravel and other, uh, other issues. <coughs> and also... Um, Storms, you know, that's part of his uh, his domain too, and we've been lucky this year. But uh, on the mayor on the mayor's side, first of all, good morning to you. That would be good morning. Good morning, Roger. Good morning, everyone. Got to be polite here. I mean, that's only uh, the right thing to do, as any gentleman would do. Uh, so, Mayor, I'm, I'm going to begin with the Channel 10 story because, uh, you know, uh, people have brought it to my attention. It was on Channel 10, so let's get that out of the way. Channel 10 does a story on the expense of uh, the uh, proceedings by uh, the uh, council to uh, remove you from office and, and so forth. The bills have come in. Channel 10 interviewed you. Uh, a lot of people saw it. Some people didn't. What do you want to comment on 
on the expenses or on anything that uh, you might have said to uh, the local TV station on that subject. Okay, so... First of all, I actually thought that was going to be tonight. I mm -hmm. didn't know it was on last night. Or well, last night might have been a teaser, or was it the whole story? Oh. Um, they had um, they had the expenses. Uh, Mario Hilario did uh, the story on on the breakdown of expenses, and then they had uh, the interview that they did with you on Channel Ten. Um, uh, apparently, one of their reporters uh, talked to you, and I don't know what her name is here. Tamara. Uh, Tamara. Yeah. yeah, there it mm -hmm. is. Okay. Interview uh, said. Interviewed Baldelli Hunt on the price tag. Yes. Okay. The price tag. Uh, well, first of all, I guess I'll have to go back and watch that clip. I thought I actually thought it was going to be tonight. Yeah. Uh, but I will say, and I've said all along, um, and the people of Woonsocket have uh, confirmed that anything spent on the removal hearings uh, was certainly not initiated by me. So, in my estimation. Uh, $1 spent on that of taxpayer money was unnecessary. But at this point in time, uh, from calculation that I did, we are just over $167,000 that was spent. And I will not change my position. I feel that this was an orchestrated attack on the administration, on employees, hardworking employees, uh, in the city of Woonsocket, and I feel it is a, I guess I would say, to have the audacity to think that you can remove someone from office uh, with what was actually orchestrated. It was giving and assigning duties to directors um, in short periods of time, knowing that they would not be able to accomplish uh, what was being requested of, of counselors and setting them up for failure and then moving forward with uh, a censorship based on three, uh, of course, by Denise Sierra. Uh, I haven't, haven't seen her uh, in months. I, I don't know where she ended up, but, um, but she's not the only one responsible for this because the other counselors... The other four counselors that supported this uh, did not need to support it, but they chose to support it because they have been working very, very hard. They worked very hard over the years and probably still working to try to tarnish the administration, which tarnishes the city, which creates these stories. And then the, the, the expense of 168, 67 or 68,000 uh, in taxpayer dollars. But the bottom line is that legislation that was introduced which was faulty which was illegal which was allowed to be on the docket was the basis for the nine charges that were brought forward and as we know i think five of them were dismissed uh and four of them uh they voted yes on in order to move forward with uh bringing somebody in to lead the city for nine weeks so all of this was done in my feelings, all of this was done because there was a checklist of things that they wanted to accomplish in that nine-week period. And it was predetermined, my belief, predetermined that this was the way they were voting anyway. Because some of the actions that they took immediately following the removal hearings uh, were moved so quickly that there was no way that they hadn't worked on it ahead of time. But ultimately, in the end, it was your dollars that paid for this, and it could have been prevented uh, by them not moving forward with, with this removal hearing. Because when you come right down to it, anything listed in those charges, there is nothing egregious. There wasn't anything where people misbehaved inappropriately. It wasn't the misuse of funds where people were embezzling it was overlooked it was absolute foolishness and quite frankly i'm with a lot of different people from around the state they're still talking about this and there is nobody that thinks that what they've done what they did rather was called for necessary and they actually find it quite comical 
<coughs> Thank you for your comment on that. I have a couple of more stories uh, that uh, were not on my agenda, but they just surfaced. Uh, so I got to ask you about them uh, because yesterday I was listening to a Providence talk show and they said uh, Lisa Bordelli Hunt would make a great uh, congressman from the first congressional di- congressperson from the first congressional district. Congresswoman. Congressman. I'm not a person, person, they, them okay. thing. So joining, uh, <laughs> right. Um, if the stars were aligned in the right way or anything uh, like that, uh, since your name was uh, was mentioned statewide and then you received some statewide attention on the uh, on the city, on the uh, lawyer's fees for the for the removal uh, process. Uh, what do you want to comment on, first of all, on Cicilline? I think you can say he's, he certainly has been good to uh, to Woonsocket, but uh, what about uh, possible uh, run there? We, you know, South Magazina did it, and others have done it. Could you do it? Could I do it? I, I could do it. I know you could. Um, <laughs> so yesterday, I did receive quite a few calls from um, individuals and media pertaining to the congressman's uh, decision to resign on June first, and my comment then and my comment today would be that this is the time for us to be thankful for everything the congressman has done and to uh, recognize uh, all the good things that he's uh, done in in the district, but also his benefit to the city of Woonsocket. He was very accessible to us, very accommodating, and he was definitely a supporter of Woonsocket. There's no question about it. Um, At this time, it happened yesterday. It's not something where you just jump out of the gate and say, I'm running for that seat. If, if you do that, you really haven't analyzed it. You haven't had the opportunity to speak with your family, to uh, review what's happening within your administration, and things such as that. So at this point in time, my concentration is on the city of Woonsocket. And June 1st is a long way off. And honestly, um, he's our congressman. He has not resigned as of yet. Okay, uh, but you can think about it quietly because uh, that election could come up, uh, you know, in uh, August or September itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so somebody's got to, got to get some planning going. And it's interesting how other people like Sabina Mantos have already said, yeah, I'm interested. I mean, <laughs> so uh, some people have immediately said that uh, they would like to uh, get involved. But right now you're just um, giving accolades to the congressman and mm-hmm. and just uh, thinking privately about it. Yes. This isn't the first time, as you know, that this has happened. This happened when Governor Raimondo uh, went to work as Secretary of Commerce and the governor, lieutenant governor became governor. And this is a similar uh, scenario to that. All right. You think about it. One more question. Um, uh, Mr. D'Agostino brought it up at the council meeting on Monday night. Uh, apparently on the Coffee Ann program, Mr. Ward uh, said that you run the housing authority. So maybe we should speak a little bit about that. First of all, do you run the housing authority? And Mr. D'Agostino, who's a member of the housing authority, says no. So we'll begin with you and then we'll get to some city business that I had on my agenda. Okay. Do you run the housing authority? I run the city of Woonsocket. That is what my responsibility is. That is what I do. Uh, As the mayor, you have other responsibilities, such as appointing members to a planning board or appointing members to a housing authority. I get a real charge out of people who uh, uh, voice their opinions on the radio or in the newspaper, but don't have the courage to pick up the phone and call the person that they're talking about. Uh, I have no problem doing that. If I thought John Ward was running the housing authority, which I think he's, he's trying to run the housing authority, I mean, he's a city councilman that has zero to do with the housing authority, other than the fact that he's doing the work for his friend Michael Dubois. So, in the end, my role as the mayor is to appoint individuals to the housing authority. There are seven commissioners and five of them are basically at large, you could say, and two of them uh, need to be residents of the Woonsocket Housing Authority. And there are appointments that get made, uh, such as when I need to appoint someone to the personnel board. When I choose someone to sit on the personnel board, that appointment needs to go to the city council, and they need to ratify that. They need to vote yes or no on that appointment. Mm -hmm. The planning board, 
for instance, they do not need to vote yay or nay, but the planning board is actually a part of the city of Woonsocket. So you notify them of the appointment, and there's obviously interaction. The housing authority has zero to do with basically me after I make the appointment or anyone other elected officials within the city of Woonsocket. It is a commissioner that works for the betterment and the oversight of the housing authority. So to have so much interest in something is always a red flag. And I, I mean, I know that you know, John Ward used to work at the Housing Authority. I think he was asked to leave his position there. Uh, but that interest is really interesting to me, that he has so much interest in. Uh, I made the appointment. You haven't heard a word from me since that since then. All right, Mr. D'Agostino, you're a member of the Housing Authority. Do you get your marching orders from the mayor? Are you... <laughs> I feel funny asking this, or are you an independent thinker? I, I Sometimes I, I, I'm, all, I'm no, amazed at no. how the two of you can get along with each other, because I do know that both of you, the mayor and, and, and Mr. D'Agostino, are independent thinkers pretty much. Do you ever argue? Can I, can I get off on a sidetrack there? Um, I mean... Um, the, we, we, we disagree. Yeah, you don't okay. have to get into particulars, but yeah. I just wonder. No, we disagree mm -hmm. on, on sometimes, but, mm -hmm. you know, we've known each other for 50 years. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah. I, always, I always know she has my back, I have her back. Okay. That's the way it goes. So do you but, take orders from so, the mayor? Yeah, so let me clarify that. I take marching orders from no one, period, okay? Occasionally, my wife will tell me what to do. <laughs> Well, and, that's a different story. Yeah. And, and I respect my wife. I love my wife, so I oblige. Mm -hmm. But other than her, no one. Okay. Okay? I do what I'm supposed to do here as a director. I relay things to the mayor, and we discuss. But that's it. If I disagree fundamentally on something, it's not happening. Period. And, that, and I just need to interject. That goes with all the directors. So you are not going to find a director who is going to do something that is not appropriate. I would never ask a director to do something and jeopardize their reputation, their character, their job, their life. That doesn't happen. I am not a director of public works. I am not a finance director. So they have their job to do. Now, does that mean the director is paving a road and I don't know about it? No. Those are discussions that we have, and if we disagree, which was your question, we hash it out. I listen to his view. He listens to my view. In the end, we have a determination that we make, but nobody, nobody is going to be put in a position that would jeopardize them. And I'm, I'm just going to comment as a commissioner as well as I did the other night. Um, it's my role there as I sit there. Um, to make sure that the appointments are done properly, okay? Because I'm not going to discuss uh, federal business or personnel matters with someone who shouldn't be there, okay? So what I asked for from day one, I want an opinion from attorneys, not bystanders, not people that want to come to meetings or whatever. Attorneys that represent the housing authority or the city of Woonsocket. Give me something in writing that says X or Y is supposed to be sitting there, okay? Because, first of all, you know, the, this appointment was done at the 11th hour okay, on the exit to the door. So I know the other letter was written. I saw it previously. Now, was it communicated properly? I'm not sure. So I didn't get into all of that, but... As a commissioner, I'm doing my duty, my role. I asked the chairman, and, uh, and I've asked the attorneys, put something in writing. Tell me who's going to be there and, and who I should be discussing federal business with and doling out dollars. That's the responsible thing to do. And when you get that, you'll follow it. It's absolutely. Yeah. I don't care who it is. It could be either one. Makes no difference to me. If, if Mr. Dubois wants to sit there or, or Mr. Egan, they want to you know, contribute their time 
for no compensation and, mm-hmm. and put up with grief. How about it? Can I've been on the Housing Authority and say, it's not a lot the, of fun. Were you on the Housing Authority when I was the mayor? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Sure. Did, did I call you and never. interfere? <laughs> you never say called Say that me. again? You, you Never? I will say it slowly. You never called. Thank you very right. much. Right. I hope you're listening out there. Right. Yeah. Uh, another topic before we take our break. These are all topics that develop <laughs> because of council meetings. So the uh, superintendent and um, uh, schools comes to the council meeting Talks about his plan, all kinds of new schools, including the one at Barry Field. And I'm wondering, and I, I get the impression that uh, there was a reason they had to be at the council meeting. Uh, is, it, was, is the school department in the end looking for 6% of the total figure from the city when socket taxpayers after all is said and done? And the other 94% is federal and state reimbursement? Or why were they there with the uh, plan before the city council? Uh, were you there? Yes. Yeah. So okay. were you wondering why they were there? No, I wasn't wondering. Okay. <laughs> Tell me why they were okay. there. Okay. All right. So first of all, uh, they didn't need to be there, but it was the right thing to do for them to be there. There was legislation on, on the docket uh, addressing the, uh, the request that we're putting in uh, for funding to build new schools in the city of Woonsocket. So I sit on the building committee along with Councilman Manseri, and I believe that is it from the city council that is on that, uh, that building committee. And we meet on a regular basis, and we discuss uh, the possibilities of, and of course the superintendent is on, the, the, the chairman of the school committee, um, et cetera. So there's a, a, a quite a large group of us, educators, uh, and architects, engineers are there as well. So with that said, uh, we are looking for some of the funding from the $250 million bond that passed in the last election. And part of the procedure to apply for the money is for the school committee to vote in favor of the request, for the city council to vote in favor of the request, and then the mayor of the city is also involved in that procedure as well. And we all agree uh, that we are looking for some of that funding to construct new schools in the city. Do we have to spend any local money on the construction or will it all be federal and state uh, bond money? So as they indicated, and the number could fluctuate, but we receive a 94% reimbursement. And so just simple math, if we receive $100 million of funding for school construction, 94% of it is reimbursed, which is $94 million, and then the school department uh, would be responsible for the $6 million. We have already calculated that in. We've already addressed uh, the 6% that would be necessary, and Brad Priea, who is, actually he was hired under my administration, um, with the recommendation of Carolyn Diaz, if you remember Carolyn from the Budget Commission. I do. Yes, he's a very good finance director, does a great job there, and um, he has confirmed that we have the funding on the school side. We have other matters to talk about, commercial time here on the Upfront program. We'll come back and, and I'm going to see if I can get a scoop out of the mayor. Uh, I'll uh, offer her some coffee or some bottled water while uh, we're on the break. Maybe that'll help. I don't know. Back in a moment. Do you have trees on your property needing attention? Winter time is the right time for an assessment. Call Rhode Island Tree and Landscape for your free estimate. With over 40 years experience, they're certified operists and fully insured to give you peace of mind. They're a full service company offering tree removal, pruning, trimming, stump grinding for commercial and residential customers. Call Rhode Island Tree and Landscape in Rhode Island at 401-276-2828. Or in Massachusetts, call 508-399-7773 for your free estimate. The name of the business, All Tech Painting. We've been serving the Massachusetts and Rhode Island community with top-notch painting services. We want to be your one-stop shop for interior and exterior painting, plastering, drywall repair, power washing, wood staining, and so much more. And we do all this with the promise of 100% satisfaction using quality materials and the finest product you can be proud of. That's the kind of company we are. Have any questions or want a quote? Call 401-378-777. 
401-378-7765. All Tech Painting of North Attleboro. Ready to serve you at 401-378-7765. Skilled craftsmen, ready to work for you. It's the Wednesday three-course dinner at River Falls. Uh, a new format uh, says $24.99 is the price per person, and you get a three-course dinner every Wednesday. We have um, soup or a nice salad uh, to open up things. And then uh, the entree uh, menu is offered to you, over 20 entrees from which to choose. And then a nice dessert, all for twenty four ninety nine per person, which means uh, you can go in alone. And enjoy that. And if you'd like a glass of wine, we've got it reduced to $5 when you enjoy the $24.99 three-course dinner every Wednesday at River Falls. And don't forget tomorrow, all-you-can-eat barbecue with two sides for $34.99 with River Falls Restaurant right there at Market Square, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. American-made products. That's what we feature at Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road, Woonsocket. Open Tuesday through Saturday. American-made, we're serious. Boots from Carolina, Thorogood, Red Wing, and Rocky, all made in the USA. Also, American-made sweatshirts, American-made socks, full-grain leather belts, bootlaces and leather guards and boot guards. And we carry treads, rubber overboots, American-made. So come on in to the place where the workperson finds everything they need. Waltz Clothing, 837 Cumberland Hill Road. Find us on Facebook, or if you have a question, 765-7582. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. All right, we've established a few things uh, here on the program uh, that uh, the mayor doesn't give orders to uh, the... uh, Housing Authority or anybody else. Um, a mayor, um, how about a topic of your choice? Uh, I, you know, I did the Cicilline thing and I did the the um, Channel 10 story. Uh, how about something you'd like to talk about? Anything on your mind before we get to Steve? Sure. So just I'll do a couple of little quick things. Uh, but I also want to um, just mention that I just got a little message here. So thank you mm-hmm. um, to Garrett. He just let me know I was thinking this was about the number but i wasn't sure so i used the 100 million dollar figure for the schools but we uh, have on the school side a little over nine million set aside uh which would uh allocate for the six percent match Mm -hmm. uh for the city so hopefully we'll get 150 million or keep going and you'll be able to keep your record of never going to a bond issue right (laughs) well enterprise is different and um and yeah we still haven't borrowed general obligation at Mm -hmm. this point so uh so a few quick things one i want to um i just want to publicly thank the departments in in city hall because they work extremely hard and we and i've been saying this for a while uh we have a lot of activity in the city of Woonsocket. There are a lot of people who are interested in coming here. We don't always have the space for them. Uh, but I just want to give a quick example. There was a, a, a woman who purchased a property on Providence Street, and Director DeBroyce brought this up the other day. Uh, unknowingly, she could not uh, do what she wanted to do there with her business. But this was something that took a lot of work to rectify, a lot of dedication by multiple staff members who continually committed their time. This woman thought months ago she would have a business open, and she couldn't. And it had nothing to do with restrictions from the city, etc. She just hadn't done her due diligence and didn't know to do it. But fast forward, she'll be opening that business, and anyone who was involved in that should be there at that ribbon cutting. She's very proud of the business she wants to open. It's a small business, but it means something to her. And it's just an example of the hard work that everyone does. And driving here today, and I always get a a kick out of seeing it. I don't know why I do. Maybe because I know what it is and wonder how many people say, what the heck is that on the road? But as I'm driving here, I see those lines sometimes a little squiggly going down the street and glistening and the highway department is out there putting the brine down on on the pavement again something that you don't see often and probably only see in communities that buy the brine from us other than the state and it's just it's just an advancement that i think 
again, highway department employees who man that, who were part of that construction with the director. Um, it, they're just proud of it. So I, I just wanted to, to mention those things because there's a lot of hard work that happens. I want to go to the dog park for a quick, quick second, um, thinking we were going to have a bad winter and um, the, the problem with some of the plowing that we would have there and the dog park was closed. I want everyone to know the dog park will be open daily unless it snows. So if you have a dog, you're looking to get out, you want to get some exercise, the dog park is open. Please clean up after your dog and maintain it like you own it. Um, so to those folks, uh, only if it snows, we will close it. Um, and I know you asked me the last time we were here about the restaurant on Diamond Hill Road, the old Pizza Hut building. Uh, they are still working on that. It's still under construction. It's still moving along. And we will let you know when that is ready to open because I know you had that question. Mr. D'Agostino, how do you take your cues for this storm uh, that uh, is supposedly coming up? I mean, if you listen to the national news, there's a big storm sweeping across the USA. And I want to know, uh, do you like um, get up in the morning and do you have a, like a weather forecast service? And how do you prepare for these storms? And is this a storm that you are preparing for? Well, uh we're preparing for it, obviously, but I, I monitor three um, weather apps, if you will. And I, I always try to monitor them 72 hours out or more. And um, that's, how, that's how you manage, you know, these type of events properly, okay? You've you got to be prepared. Like today, we're putting out brine. We're going to put the plows on all the, the pickup trucks, because you never know when there's some type of ice that accumulates, whatever. You don't want to be doing it in the middle of the night. So we'll do that in advance. Make sure that they, everything works because it's been a slow season. So we'll just go through that exercise. But we will treat the roads. And that will buy us time. That will buy us hours. Um, if it does just, you know, sleet, snow, whatever. Um, before we actually put uh, salt down. So, um, but yeah. 72 hours out, I encourage the superintendent, Scott Russo, and, uh, you know, to, to keep monitoring three uh, weather sites because they're all different. They all change rapidly. And, um, but knock on wood, it's been a great winter. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right. So, I just want, I want you to know, Roger. People listen to your radio program. I hope so once in a while. There's a few. Yeah. There. <laughs> Not many. See, we, I, we just talked about the dog park, mm -hmm. and yeah. in comes a message. Great news about the well, dog park. Well, that's because you're controversial. That's why they listen. <laughs> I'm controversial? Right? Okay. Wow, I guess when you get things done, you're controversial. That's it. <laughs> but what could be controversial is if we lo learn that the removal hearings were fraudulent and every decision that was made during that nine-week period is reversed. Wow, that would be controversial. And where where did that little thought in your mind just come in? From? I don't know. You just said controversial, so <laughs> it's. <laughs> I thought I'd mention that. Yeah. Uh, Sandra LaFrance sends an email uh, here regularly, uh, her latest one. Um, you've commented on it already, but I, I want to recognize her comment before we ask you another question about um, hiring at City Hall and how that's going. Hi, Roger and Mayor Lisa and Mr. D. As she calls you, Steve. All right, I hear chatter about you throwing uh, your hat into the arena for Congress since the first day I met you when uh, Butch took me to Hava Java Coffee Shop. <laughs> All right, you know who Butch is? Oh, yes. Uh, I love liked, Butch. I liked you and knew you loved your city. I realize it's been uh, rough times, but please stick around when Socket needs a strong mayor who cares about the people of Socket. And that is you, Lisa Sandra LaFrance. She's the best. I'll okay. tell you. Yeah, she is a nice, nice woman. Well, you, yeah. you know, I just... Smart, too. She is. She's very in tune. Um, lis listening to that, I just want to mention, and I know there were folks... There's, listen, there's a group of people that will never, ever like me. And it's okay. That's really? life. Yes. Oh. I think you know some of them, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. What about you, you, Steve? Does everybody love you? <laughs> uh, no. I would, I'd like to thank. Yeah, yeah. If they don't, they're welcome. Don't, don't let your feelings Go be ahead, hurt. Lisa. Um, but I, I do want to say this. And we said this during the election cycle when people thought, oh, don't vote for, you know, all the people that 
she has on her ticket and they start using the crazy words like puppets and strings and you know don't trip over the strings and all, all the things that come from the people who just won't let it go let it go we have seven counselors and i think you can <coughs> see that the votes are not five to two five to two five to two five to, i mean there were there's tablings that failed. There's tablings that passed. There are votes seven zero six one five two four three ties. So these are independent thinkers, and even though we don't always agree with each other, and even though some are actually, you always learn, right? As long as you're living, you're learning. And when you're a new counselor, clearly you're going to have a learning curve, but you've got to start somewhere. But in the end, you can see. And as long as people stay on this path, and I'm talking about the six people that were on the ticket, I'm not referring to Mr. Ward, but the six people, they are doing their best. They are voting the way they feel ideologically is the right way to vote. And will we always agree on everything? No, we won't. But I'll tell you what, what at the end of a meeting... We can all go and have a soda water together or an appetizer together if we cho so choose. We're not leaving the room upset with each other. And this is what government is supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to recognize that when a vote is over, as long as everybody did and voted in a fashion that was their true belief and feeling, then it's done. You move on. And I hope that people who were um, worried or questioned the ability, you know, of some of the folks that ran. I hope that they can prove uh, to be uh, good, sound people. And if time goes on and they do not live up to the expectations of the voters, then the voters have another election in 24. And that's for all of us. Me too. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. D'Agostino, yes, um, how, about, um, how about your gravel? Uh, can I buy some gravel? What gravel? And how much is what? it going to cost? It's not worth anything. It's not going to sell. All right. Come on. I, I need What's some gravel. I want some gravel for my crazy? backyard. Come on. We, we did that already. Give us your gravel uh, report this way. And <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, Steve oh, Agostino really? and the updated gravel yeah. report. Oh, lo and behold, you put the bit out like I said. Okay. And what happens? People step forward and they, they secure 143,000 cubic yards of material. Okay, for a total of $935,000. So, huh. That's close hate, to a million dollars. hate to say I was right. <laughs> you guys are good at math. Yeah. So, listen. So explain that, though. I never, I never wanted this to be controversial. Mm -hmm. never. never. I just wanted to. Everything I've ever done here, along with the mayor, okay, we've ever done, collectively, has always been for the betterment of this city. So it's always been about, there's always been a, 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 a sports complex mentioned. Okay, beautiful. This is where you want it to go? Fine. You have a, a hill there that's it's kind of in the way, and you can, you, you can make some money from it and help pay for the facility, create more practice field and space. So it's a win-win-win. It's not about who's right, who's wrong. Uh, you know, it's about a concept. And I know if it's structured properly, eventually, it would sell because the material is worth its weight in gold. Okay? So, lo and behold, <laughs> we, we put out the bid and people step forward. They secure the material. And then it'll, it'll start to move uh, sometime in April. We're going to uh, have a, a discussion with the school committee, according to the mayor and the, the council president. But, you know... My, uh, I'm going to recommend, uh, insist, actually, the on-track gets closed, okay? That's used as the, the, uh, the access and uh, exit to uh, get the gravel, and it, it won't impact the neighborhood. It won't impact the school. They'll come in and out of there. They'll get their ticket, and they'll leave. And the sooner that happens, the sooner that hill disappears, the sooner the sports complex gets built. And life goes on, right? And and they have a beautiful facility there. So and can I make the assumption, Mr. D'Agostino, that sure. 
$935,000 is going to come to the city, and that's pretty much net money because I get the impression the company who bid on it is going to come in and and uh, grab the stuff themselves and, and, and no. leave. No? Okay. No. Well, then clarify, please. So the city's vendor, which we have, um, we put out bids for rental equipment. In this case, it's Gentes. They're going to um, do all the extraction of the gravel. They're going to load the gravel. Okay? So there will be a cost, but this is only part of what's there. This hundred and, you know, it's my belief, not the engineer. The engineer believes, you know, gave a number of 285,000 cubic yards or whatever. I believe there's far more than that. Okay? From experience. Mm-hmm. Okay? I don't... Just because of, uh, an engineer writes it on a piece of paper, that doesn't mean it's, you know, it's, it's carved in stone. So, I know from doing this all my life, there's more than that. So, I, I expect to, to, uh, to net a handsome profit from there for the city, for the facility. But not willing to estimate it yet? Well, I, I'm going to say there's a cost. I, I said initially, you know, it's going to cost us uh, $100,000 or more uh, for the extraction for the mm-hmm. vendor, right? It's going to cost probably 50000 to cut the trees. Mm-hmm. Um, we already spent thirteen or 14000 on the, um, the, the silk fence um, barrier for DEM. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a cost. Of course there is. When do you expect to uh, close the uh, the track uh, so that the, the equipment can get in there? As soon as we have the meeting with uh, the school committee. Mm-hmm. We're going to close it and we're going to make some preparations for uh, a transition to the track and then a transition to the back of the field. So. Every, um, every month the uh, council uh, may or may not get a report on uh, city hirings. Uh, everybody is, no matter who I interview, whether they're in the retail community or the nonprofit community or municipal community, uh, says getting help is a problem. Uh, any uh, progress on that front? Right. I think that you saw that that was on the docket on, on Monday. I did. That's why the right. question. And it gets, see, it gets a little confusing when the report goes out because when the report goes out, it can change within a day or two days. And because of the process that you need to follow when hiring, uh, especially union uh, uh, jobs that are posted, and, there's jo- and there are tests that need to be taken and the corrections and then the time period that they have to challenge it and things such as that. So it may show as a vacancy, but it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not in the process of hiring. But you're caught in, if you say it's not vacant... But there really isn't anyone there because you actually haven't hired them yet. So, and the actual format of that, I believe, was created by a councilman who wanted to control the way it looked, uh, which became very time-consuming for every single department, every single director, because it was broken down, for example, the fire department. If we have 107 members of a fire department... If we have three vacancies, it should just say total, uh, you know, employees, 107, vacancies three. We don't need to say the vacancy is a private, a lieutenant, a captain. It doesn't make any difference what the vacancy is because ultimately the vacancies, and in particular in the fire department, it's all filled by contract. So you knowing which position or even me knowing, may, well, I need to know because the chief and the director work with me. But so we're simplifying that. And quite honestly, I'm not going to speak for the director's side because he's got the different categories of his laborers and water and all of that. But on the city hall side, we don't have many vacancies. And I believe our police department is at a 6%. Out of 100%, we are at a 6% vacancy. And I can confirm that when I get back to the office. But I believe that's what the vacancy is. So all this, you know, craziness about um, the, the hiring, it's tough. It's tough everywhere. I mean, we just got, I just got notified yesterday. Fantastic person has done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Love the way he, he, he works and operates. He's leaving. He got offered a job in the capital city. And... 
a much more responsibility. Many more staff would be in his office. And he's taking that job. And he's torn. And he said he's torn about going because they have a very good operation right now. And that's in the board of canvases, Michael Narducci. And, you know, thumbs up to Michael Narducci. That, he turned that office around. That office was total chaos. Never caught up. The state constantly calling us, telling us that it was, it, it was a mess. He came in. Everything is in order. Everything is, is very detailed. But he got a job offer. It's not something we can offer to him because it's, it's a much bigger city with more precincts and, and everything that goes along with it. So um, as far as on the tax assessor side, we have posted over and over again. There's a shortage uh, it's, a, it's a money thing. Um, personally, I think if Elise Parry was paid properly from the beginning, and even though she did get a bump at one point in time or maybe two, um, it just, it was too chaotic. And it was not, she, she didn't get what she deserved. And she left and went to the capital city. So sometimes the price tag um, and the higher salary is, is worth it. But we're interviewing now for a tax assessor. So I'm going to ask you a question before we leave. Yes, we have time for that question. Is your life better since the mayor's been here? Yes or no? Well, yes, it is better. Okay. So remember what I tell you. I'm younger than you. You're older than me. Administrations make things look easy around here. So enjoy it because when we're not here, you're going to see. My my life is better because of my wife too. She does a nice job. That's true. I just want to yeah. throw that in. You better throw that yeah. in because you have to go home. <laughs> yes, I do. It's coffee break time now. Hey guys, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. Uh, Great we'll, to see you. We'll see you next time around, and uh, I hope that our listeners learn something about uh, their uh, their city government. Take care, everybody. This has been WNRI's Upfront, presented weekday mornings at 8 a.m. Upfront is a regular public affairs presentation of News Talk 1380 WNRI Woonsocket.